Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Sex Pod. Jacob and Simon here. Um, so the dedicated listeners would have um, noticed that there was not a regular podcast this week, um, but it was due to good reason. Uh, Jacob, explain why there was um, a, a brief pause. So we have um, our first guest coming on the show uh, right after this intro. We have Nick Suzuki, um, forward for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Stanley Cup finalist, um, breaker of, you know, Maple Leaf fan hearts. The list goes on. Uh, we were able to, you know, get a, a pretty cool guest on this show. So we're, we're really excited to share with you um, our interview with him. So. Yeah, thanks guys so much for for listening, and uh, we really appreciate if you can you know pass on. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big interview for us, so we really uh, appreciate the uh, the support from anyone. And shout out Nick um, too. Yeah, it was sure. really sick uh, to uh, chat with him. Um, obviously, this is uh, a pretty busy time right now as uh, the uh, upcoming NHL season is is just around the corner, which is is a little hard to believe, uh, but. Both Jacob and I are we're super appreciative of the time that he spent uh, chatting with us, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Welcome uh, to Six Pod. We have uh, definitely our most well-known guest um, today. Uh, we're welcoming uh, Nick Suzuki, one of the um, one of the, uh, the the key players in the Montreal Canadiens uh, Stanley Cup run. Um, we uh, really appreciate Nick uh, for coming on. Nick, uh, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, been good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it should be a good chat. Uh, yeah. Um, so first and foremost, Nick, I, I just want to congratulate um, and just kind of acknowledge the uh, the unreal run uh, that the Habs had, um, even just in such a, a difficult and and um, interesting year. Uh, it really was uh, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, thank you. It was a special run. It was a special group of guys. Um, we ran it. We ran into a pretty good team in Tampa, so um, they uh, definitely deserve to win. They're a great team and played better than us there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so I guess Jacob, if you want to kind of start off, we'll we'll, we'll go backwards and <clears throat> kind of talk about your junior career. So being drafted fourteenth uh, overall uh, in the twenty uh, sixteenth uh, OHL priority selection um, by Owen Sound. Owen Sound has a pretty uh, pretty bumping junior market. Um, what was your time like uh, playing for the Attack? Yeah, my time there was uh, honestly amazing. Um, didn't really know what to expect. It's a small city. Um, but they they have uh, generated some good NHL talent throughout. So uh, I was excited to get there. I knew they really liked me. And it was, uh, at my 16-year-old year, I had a great opportunity. We weren't the best team, so got some valuable ice time. And, uh, yeah, it was a great spot for me to go, just the opportunity that I was getting at a young age. And um, it turned out to really love the city and um, still go back there too. Yeah, and I guess even prior to that, um, you were playing junior in the London area, I assume, as growing up there. Um, what was kind of like, 
you know, growing up in London, it's a huge sports town. And, and I, I kind of go, I go to school there now. So I can kind of see a little bit more what goes on there. Uh, they love their hockey. They love their baseball there. And what was it kind of like growing up, you know, on that scene, having those opportunities, having that, you know, Western fair, uh, a rank to play at all the time. Was it, was it a good experience playing hockey growing up? Were you always a hockey guy? Were you, you know, multi-sport growing up? Yeah, I was a multi-sport guy. Um, pretty much my life in the winter was hockey. And then in the summer, I played soccer every single summer. So um, I was always flip-flopping back and forth. And then uh, London's a great spot to play hockey. There's a, a ton of NHL guys to look up to. Um, and now I get to skate with all of them. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a great – they love their uh, London nights too. So um, – they're a huge fan base and uh, yeah, there's a lot of top athletes that are in other sports coming out of London. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. And I guess what was kind of on that same track, what was the moment where you kind of saw like, Hey, I can really do something with hockey right now. It was there like a conversation you had with parents, coaches, or was it just kind of like this feeling where like, yeah, I can, I can really go far here. Yeah. So when I was about like thir 12 or 13, uh, I just kind of stopped liking to practice uh, at soccer, but uh, I never felt that way about hockey. So I, I kind of had a feeling that uh, I wanted hockey to be kind of my main sport. And then at 14, I think I stopped playing soccer fully to pursue hockey. And then around that time, uh, as like my band or minor band of year, I started to feel like I was becoming one of the better players um, in Ontario. So. Uh, that was kind of the, the moment I, I knew that I had to take it pretty seriously and uh, try to make something out of it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice, right, that goes into really going into one sport like that. So it's just, it's a really incredible achievement to, to do what you do. So, yeah, congratulations on all that too. Thank you. Back back to that point about the the London Knights, like, um, it, it almost is like a mini NHL kind of market right like they fill that barn yeah. like consistently every single every single game um everything from like just like the game day presentation like there's a lot yeah. a lot of um like did you did you did you go to a lot of like nights games when you were growing up yeah a ton uh i mean that was probably the most uh i watched of hockey uh, like i never i would never go to i've never been to a leafs game other than like playing against them so um london knights were like <laughs> london knights were my team um just uh the guys that come through that organization is crazy that i got to watch um patrick kane up from like bo horvat max domi like all these guys that are just like nhl superstars they a lot of them have uh gone through the knights program and we're, we're really lucky to watch them and yeah that was that was another question just because like back when I guess we were growing up when we were younger. It was, yeah, the Kane, Tavares, like those types of players were, yeah, were when Tavares playing for got the, traded. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kadri was there. Like, yeah, yeah. So many guys that I looked up to played through there. So, so what's it like now actually skating on the same ice as them and, and playing against them? Is that almost surreal or is it starting to feel a little more normal? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, like my first year I played with Domes and uh, he was a guy I always watched because I was a bit older and got to actually understand the game more but uh, it was really cool getting to play with him and uh josh anderson now too and then also Corey perry which was a bit i was a bit young when he was playing for the knights but 
uh, still really cool. He's a legend in London and uh, still, I'm going to skate with him sometime this summer. So be good to catch up with him again. Awesome. Um, and kind of going back to your junior time in, in, in Owen sound, um, right off the bat, Nick, you, you, uh, you had a pretty successful season, uh, in 2016, 2017, uh, finished second in goals scored. And you also won the most sportsmanlike player. Did you just find like a good fit in that organization? Were you able just to kind of excel in that environment? What allowed you, um, to perform such at a, at a high level, um, with the attack? Yeah. So like in my 16 year old year, like I said, we weren't the best. So I kind of got a lot of opportunity and, uh, we had a great coaching staff. Our head coach was Ryan McGill. He's with uh, Vegas right now. Mm -hmm. So like he really taught me a lot through my rookie year and gave me a tons of opportunities. And then, uh, my second year there was my draft year. So, um, we, we ended up really having a great line of, uh, me, Jonah Gadwick and Kevin Hancock. They're both playing pro right now. So uh, we had a good, we had a really good line, a lot of chemistry and um, we were actually a lot better uh, that year. So uh, it was, I think we went to the conference final and lost to Erie, which had like Debrinket, Strom, Radish, like they're pretty loaded. Yeah, but, another deep uh, team. Yeah, so uh, we ran into a good team, but yeah, the attack was a really good fit for me. Um, the city, I feel like the city liked me a lot and uh, got to play a lot, so helped me a lot. Yeah, you I mentioned think that. Was, oops, sorry, Dave, you go. No, you're good. I was just saying, I was, I was mentioning to someone that you know we were possibly having you on, and he said, and he's from Owen Sound, and he said, man, grew up, not grew up, watched Nick Suzuki past couple of years, and he was just like a fan favorite. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome to yeah, hear. Right? Yeah, the town was awesome. Uh, we we're pretty much like in that town everyone kind of know kind of knows each other um going to the high school there you meet uh kids your age from around the city so um it's a really small market but uh they love their team and uh we play we always play pretty well at home and you mentioned that um you go back there sometimes do you like tr do you ever like skate out there or just to see some buddies that you made when you were playing there yeah so we uh I had a great connection with uh, the, my billets there. Um, and also we had some other guys living, uh, some other players living at the billets with me. So uh, we try to see them and the assistant coaches actually want me to come out to Owen Sound and skate uh, this summer at camp. I haven't really decided what I'm doing yet, but uh, they're always open for the guys, the alumni to come back and uh, skate there whenever. So going forward, um, those OHL years, were I'm sure fantastic, but does it, what was that feeling like, you know, getting that selection in the NHL draft and, and playing your first game there? How was that like as a transition from junior hockey? Was it just like a whole new world or was it more or less, you know, same path here? Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty new world, um, especially being drafted by Vegas. Uh, when we, when we went there for the first time, the practicing wasn't built. The game rank wasn't built. We were practicing at like, it was like a curling arena turned into like a NHL or not even NHL. It's just like a regular rink for maybe figure skating and stuff. Um, but it was a big transition. Like Vegas is one of uh, definitely a top organization right now. They're doing really well. Uh, they've been deep in the playoffs a ton. So um, 
but when we started there, there was, it was just the base and no one really knew what to expect. Uh, but it was, I was lucky enough to get picked there. And, um, and then I guess moving on to Montreal was, was big for me for sure. So you get, you get picked 13 overall for Vegas. Um, you went to their development camp. If I, if I remember correctly, like you went yep. to their dev camp that year or the, like the following year. Yeah. So I got picked and then like a couple of days later, we, all of us got, uh, flown out to Vegas for the development camp. Yeah. And then, uh, I attended the development camp the following year too. So I, I did two camps with Vegas and then I got traded after. What's it like to see your name in a trade rumor? Cause, or even just a trade announcement. Is it, is it something you like, cause sometimes you hear stories of even like Mark like, Andre Fleury recently, like seeing yeah. your name in headlines and you're like, Oh, what's going on? I'm sure your experience <laughs> is a little different than that. And but. like a pretty significant trade for like Montreal too. Like it was a, a yeah, pretty like blockbuster move. One. Yeah. To be honest, no idea. Like no idea it was coming. Agent had no idea. Hadn't heard anything from, uh, any like outside stuff about going to Montreal, to be honest. So it was, I was literally, we played our second rookie tournament game. I was in the gym cooling down, mandatory cool down. And then our uh, player personnel guy came up to me and said, uh, the GM wanted to talk to you. So I was like, well, I'm either getting traded or I was really bad out there. So uh, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be a trade, uh, which made me really nervous, but uh, you know, everything works out in the end and couldn't be more happier to be with Montreal. And so your first full season, uh, or in the end, or the first season in the NHL was, um, not last year, but the, the previous year, um, what's it like playing in a market like Montreal, where it's just, um, such a passionate fan base, um, welcomed you, uh, pretty quickly right away, um, in terms of just like the, the type of player that you are and, and, um, what you're able to do for this team. Um, what's it like playing in Montreal? Yeah, Montreal has been uh, everything and more to me. Like just being in the city, uh, especially during this playoff run, you can tell just like how much love they have for, for the team. Um, even just meeting people around London, huge Habs fans, like do anything for the team. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a really passionate market. Um, just getting to play at the Bell Center is an honor and seeing all the faces and jerseys in the stands. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. And just, I get to meet some of the alumni too, and, uh, they love supporting the team as well. Well, it's such a storied franchise, right? Just in terms of, um, like the unreal legacy, uh, that the Habs had. Um, so yeah, Nick, during your, during your first year, um, play gets paused, um, from, from the shutdown. Um, I, you know, you've heard accounts of, of how difficult it was playing in the bubble and, and, um, things like that, but w w I would love to kind of, um, maybe hear from you, like w how, how surreal was it last, last summer playing, um, or re resuming play, um, in like a really, really unfamiliar environment. Yeah. It was definitely really weird. I mean, I think we might have been playing at this time last year. So um, just like walking out, we're playing the Leafs in like a warm up uh, game and there's like nothing there. Just just us playing against them. It's like a 
almost like a practice practice scrimmage that you would play in the summer. So if I remember uh, correctly, weren't you in the home dressing room for that game? Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah we were. That, so like that, yeah. that was even weird. Like we were rotating rooms every day. Yeah, uh, yeah we had the Leafs room. Uh, yeah. So everyone's like checking the place out, seeing what they got, uh, trying to compare it to ours. Um, yeah, it was it was really weird. Um, 2020 for we, you. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think it ended up being fine. I mean, like once you're playing an actual game, it's, you don't really notice it that much. So. I got to ask too, being on the Canadians and, and having, like you said, all that, that legacy behind them, but even a guy right now, like almost a living legend, Carey Price, like, is it, what's it like being in the same locker room as, as someone with that much history and, and that many kind of achievements? Is it, is, is he just like a normal guy? Do you, you know, are you cautious <laughs> with how you approach him or? He, yeah. 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 First, uh, I was definitely cautious to, to like chat with him, but now we got to, I think we have a pretty good relationship. Um, just, we just uh, like make jokes with each other. He's a really cool guy. Um, he get, he's got a lot of interests um, outside of hockey that are pretty cool to me that I'd like to learn about. So um, yeah, he's a great guy. Um, just getting the opportunity to play with him is really special to me. I grew up loving, loving his game and uh, he's done all the Olympics. Uh, yeah, he's a he's definitely a legend for sure. Just missing that cup. Yeah, we'll try to get him that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of transitioning to to this year, like your team went through a ton from like a coaching change early on in the season to another temporary coaching change in the playoffs or like a, a switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like um, but even before getting into all those details, like how was it playing in an arena consistently with no fans? I know you just mentioned that like when you're playing, you don't really realize it, yeah. but like when you're sitting on the bench, I, I assume there, the, the, the silence must be eerie. No. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think we just kind of got numb to the fact that there were no fans. Um, and it was just kind of normal to us for a little bit there, but um, I wouldn't, once the fans got back in, you could tell like we we're missing this. Like, like that first game we had fans against the Leafs in the playoffs. That was probably like yeah. the fastest I've ever skated like in a game. Like I felt amazing. Like you could just build off the fan base that were there, and um, I couldn't even imagine if they had a full full barn for that game. Uh, it would have been crazy. But just like the energy that you get from the fans is uh, second to none. And, uh, when we had them back, I, I couldn't believe we played without them for that long. Was it a pretty big shock? Like, cause even though that, that you did play like games with fans, even during the Winnipeg series, was it a pretty big shock though? Like going to like Vegas when the barn was just like packed, like how big yeah. of a, uh, uh, <laughs> a, a difference was that versus, you yeah, know, you know, 15% capacity or whatever that the bell center had. And then you go to Vegas and it's just absolutely packed. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Like we obviously we were as a Canadian teams, we were watching the American teams get fans like even like a quarter way in. I don't know if Florida started with fans, too. I can't remember, but um, pretty much all the most of the American teams were having fans in. And then by the end of the regular season, it seemed like some of the teams had full capacity. 
or pretty much close to it. But uh, going into Vegas, the place was just like vibrating with all uh, probably one of the better sound systems. And then the fans just go crazy too. So on the bench, you're pretty much like shaking from uh, yeah. the noise. So um, that was really, it was, it was fun for all of us. I mean, we, we definitely missed that atmosphere wish we could have had it in montreal but um even in montreal at five thousand, um sounded like there's twenty thousand in there for sure <laughs> and um the square outside of bell center too was just it looked like uh it's yeah. like when the raps <laughs> were like in a deep playoff run like they were it was like no yeah, it didn't really make part. sense to me that yeah. like there was no social distancing outs out in front of the 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 stadium but it just whatever um one question yeah, i did have i'll talk can i talk sorry what were you gonna say yeah. yeah uh yeah it was, that was honestly really sick to see uh just we're we're pulling up to games there's fans lined up all down the road like signs horns like cheering us on as we drive in i had a fan tell me that his kid like knows every single car that uh, all the players drive and then he'll he'll know exactly who's pulling up so i thought that was pretty cool and then uh, after i think we beat vegas we were, we were literally stuck in the rank for two hours probably because they couldn't get the fans out of like away from the streets because they were just piled up in there and uh it was it was crazy to see it and then they ended up kind of clearing a path for us and uh it was yeah i have a video of it uh it's pretty cool that's awesome. That's that must be a crazy experience to see people like there for they're there for you, right? That that's, yeah. that's that's a crazy feeling. But um, if you don't mind me asking, if you can compare like sensations and feelings between you know scoring your first OHL goal, scoring your first NHL goal, and then scoring like a game-winning playoff goal, between those three, what feels <laughs> like just almost the best out of those ones? I'm sure they're all unreal yeah. and, and crazy, but if you had to compare them, yeah, like all. All three moments were uh, would be up there for me. I mean, it's just kind of like stepping stones in your hockey career that just like accomplishments you want to check off. Um, my OHL goal uh, was in Kitchener. Um, that was yeah, that was one of the just kind of like secured that you're you've made it to the OHL. It's a big step coming from minor hockey and then moving on to the NHL took me. I think like eight or seven games or something to get my first one. That was kind of more of like a relief feeling, just knowing I can uh, score at the NHL level. And then uh, I guess I got to say the Leafs OT winner. If uh, that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Just, just more excitement than anything. Yeah, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that now. Um, <laughs> you guys are the six pod, right? Yeah. So. And you grew up a Leaf fan, right? Or like, like what, like, kind of yeah, watching like, the Leafs a little I bit? Like, yeah. As I got, I kind of like flip flopped uh, teams when I was younger, kind of just picking players that I liked, and then I kind of, probably around eleven, I kind of just decided that I was going to cheer for the Leafs. Wasn't the best time, but you know, well, it's never happened. a good time, Nick. <laughs> um, so. Leafs and Habs get matched up like a ton of people. And when I say people, I'm talking like media, I'm talking fans, I'm talking players, like just took Leafs like instantaneously. Yeah. Um, 
pretty pretty early on. It was it was really really lopsided. Oh yeah. Well, we had we had the list of all the media that said. Did you have that printed out? Oh yeah. Oh, so that, that's true. I did see that on, on online somewhere. And it was like every Leafs, like, Leafs in four, Leafs in yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every I love analyst. That. I love that. I love that. We did we did that against Pittsburgh last year in the bubble too, and then ended up beating them. So well, was there uh, anyone on that list that had you? No. I don't know. There was there was no one, right? It was yeah, it was straight Leafs, but uh our boy Eric Engels that covers us had the Leafs in seven. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Closest, I guess. So at least uh at least he got you uh the the halves to seven. So um well, if you look at the regular season and everything that happened, most would I think most people that try to predict would say the Leafs, but but you also kind of I, I I don't know I I also think like it's important to kind of recognize like near the end of the regular season this past year, your team had a ton of injuries like like yeah. a ton. I have this our, stat. Our regular season um, was really up and down. Yeah, exactly. I have this stat that um that you had to play. 25 games over 20 uh, over 43 days with Carey Price, Weber, Gallagher, Sherratt, all injured. Yeah. Um, a any team losing those players is going to struggle, and and yeah. B, um, or those those types of players on, on what they mean to their team. And and another question I had, Nick, like during that time, like you took a significant role in terms of like leading um, that team near near the end of the season. Um, what, what type of like, how does that impact your development as a player or, or, or your growth when you're um, put in a position to um, really, really kind of put the team um, in, a, in the best position to position to win when, when key players are, are, are out near the end? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when Galley went down, uh, Pricey started with the concussion in Edmonton, yep. I think. Yep. And then Webby ended up uh, getting injured just like a few games later, it felt like. Um, and then we had that. So we had that. Well, first off, at the start of the season, we were like 7-0-1 or something. And like we were, we were buzzing. The juggernauts. We thought we were, <laughs> we thought we were uh, top shit for sure. Um, but as uh, the season went on, the game, like the game, like the amount of games we were playing, like you said, and how many days. Uh, it's really taxing, um, especially losing those guys there. We had a lot of guys um, playing bigger roles. Um, and then for me, I just, I don't know. I, I actually had a meeting with uh, Bergevin. We were like, we weren't doing that great. And he's like, like we just we just need to make the playoffs. Um, we need guys to step up. And he said that he thought I could be a guy to really step up and help the team uh, just we just wanted to get into the playoffs because we knew we were going to get everyone back. So um, I just, we just had to secure that spot and then everything would end up being well. It's, it's, it's an interesting quote. And it's funny that um, like you and Bergervan like talked about that because all throughout the year, that's, that's kind of the message that like he said, he's like, this team is a playoff team. This team's going to perform in the playoffs. We just need to get there. Um, yes. And I don't think that really kind of, um, I don't think a lot, uh, I don't think there was like, uh, maybe a ton of people that believe that until you guys started winning rounds and, and rounds and rounds, but back yeah. to the, to the three, one, uh, upset against the Leafs that, that OT goal, uh, with you and Caulfield on, on the two Oh, um, for me watching that series, 
I, I see you score that. And I'm like, yeah, this, this seat, this series is in trouble now. Um, like that just changes the entire trajectory of the series for me. Was that your team's feeling too? Yeah, for sure. Um, like I've, I've been down three, one before in the OHL and, uh, there's one quote, uh, that me and my buddy always talk about. It's, uh, you, you know, never lose game six at home. So, uh, we knew if we could get, uh, the, the series to game six, um, we weren't, we weren't going to lose that one. And, uh, game seven's a coin flip. So, um, right. When I scored, uh, we just had a great celebration in the room, but it honestly didn't last that long. We knew, uh, we had to regroup and, uh, it was going to be a tough game and game six. So, um, but yeah, I think it definitely shifted the shifted the series, gave us more belief, and uh, we played some of our best hockey after that. Do you think that series, that Leaf series, is it's it's going to be hard to top, especially you know so young in your career and having a series like that with the performances like that already is that's that's pretty crazy for someone who's only been in the league for two years, right? That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, we had a ton of Ontario guys and. Uh, you know, guys that grew up watching the Leafs a lot. So uh, it was definitely fun for all of us to uh, end up beating them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then going into the Jets series, um, again, I think a lot of media people had the Jets going into that and you guys sweep. How does that, how did that feel too? <laughs> did you have the list up again where you're like, okay, here's everyone that said that. We're going to just completely flip the script here. Uh, yeah, I feel like everyone kind of knew uh, we were going to be underdogs again. Um, but honestly, it never felt that way in our room. Like, I think I was looking up and down our lineup and I would compare it to every team in the league. So, like, we had the depth at every position. Uh, guys stepping up for big playoff roles and uh, big playoff moments. So, um, we were feeling great going into that series. They had a really long wait. And then, uh, yeah, ended up. Uh, sweeping them so and like just domination that entire series like um was not like it was it was pretty 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 gruesome just in terms of um how much you that your team kind of controlled the play um when kind of <clears throat> or, or going forward past that um series i was really interested in man, if we pulled up the audio from like the podcast during that week, I really said like, I think I said like, I'm really interested to see how the Habs are going to like fare against Vegas because Vegas, as you mentioned, is one of the, one of the top organizations, um, you know, in the league, uh, they, they, they do well every single year, um, ever since they've, they've, they became, um, how did you prepare, um, differently for then playing like for like, and maybe this kind of relates to a second question I had, like playing the same teams the entire season probably was pretty difficult in, in terms yeah. of um, uh, repetition. How did you prepare for a series against a team that you didn't see all regular season? Yeah, it's definitely very different. Like every normal year you play them at least once. So uh, we did a, we did a ton of video. Uh, a lot of us watch the games anyways, like, they're always a later game. So you come home and watch them. Um, but it was really strange. Um, we kind of, both teams kind of play a similar way, just like in your face, uh, hard forechecking. They work really hard. And uh, we knew it was going to be, I felt like it was going to be a good matchup. Um, 
again, no one expected us to win maybe any games, but um, yeah, it's uh, ended up doing well against them and um, just playing playing in Vegas for me uh, against the team who drafted me uh, was a pretty cool experience too. Oh yeah, that's got to be a little bit of indication there, right? For sure. <laughs> Wow. So going into this off season, um, I guess, like you said, it's, it's a pretty short one and that's a good thing for, uh, for hockey players. Right. But um, is there anything, you know, taking from that last season that you specifically have a goal for yourself, whether it be production wise, you know, um, an intangible, like a leadership aspect, something like there that you're kind of going into the season, looking to, looking to really step up. Yeah. For me, it's just about getting stronger, um, faster. Uh, that's really been my focus through, through summer for the, um, as long as I can remember. Um, I'm still a young guy, still trying to build strength. Um, but as for the upcoming season, like you said, I'm trying to take a leadership role would be great for me. Um, I, I know I'm still young, but I think just leading by example every single day. And uh, yeah, I think we brought in a lot of good pieces. Uh, we lost some good pieces. So it'll be interesting to see, I think, our lineup's still going to be um, deep at every position again, and uh, got some new guys, new guys and young guys that are draft picks that'll be coming in. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, what those younger guys look like. Yeah, they're like the Habs' um, future uh, is is incredibly, incredibly bright. I think like the the core that um, I I see is yourself. Uh, Caulfield uh, and KK. Um, obviously, um, the goal and the expectation every single year is to go and win the Stanley Cup. That's every team's goal. Um, yeah. But for a team where the core, and obviously um, excluding players like Carey Price and 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 Galley and um, uh, Weber. Um, I, is there, there are certain positives that I guess you can kind of take out of last year's cup run in terms of that's going to grow, um, you know, your experience and, and, and what's it like to play a deep playoff hockey? Yeah. For the young guys, there's, uh, even some of the older guys, like some of those older guys haven't made it. Uh, they've mm -hmm. been playing for like, what we, what we played for 15 or 16 years, never made it past the second round. So, uh, it's tough to do. Uh, there's a ton of good teams. Uh, just to get that experience at a young age really gives you the itch to get back there and uh, get it done. So just for me, Cole and KK, uh, Romanov, uh, just having those experiences in big games, uh, seeing what it takes to win is uh, invaluable for uh, our roles and uh, just getting better as young guys. One um, one quote or or one uh, like clip that I, I've seen on online, and you you probably remember it very clearly is Cooper, um, like during the handshakes, and and just kind of explaining, um, you know how how big of a, a player you are and and what you're doing. Um, what is that like? Like like obviously during that exact moment, right? Um, you're frustrated with with, with the loss. Um, are you able to uh, try and 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 uh, kind of uh, re not reflect, but but realize like what 
they're like what he's trying to say is is, is it appreciative of uh, of that message yeah i'm definitely uh, i definitely respect him and what he's done for that team um i've seen him coach there uh i was a big fan of tampa and what they were doing um before i entered the league and for him to say that uh, means a lot to me um I, to be honest, like, I don't, I didn't remember like kind of what he was saying. Cause I was kind of <laughs> pissed off, but, uh, of seeing that clip, seeing that clip again, um, means a lot to me that, uh, he would say that, uh, even like Cole, Romy, Galley, like the guys that are in that video, uh, he was very respectful and had a lot of good things to say to all of us. And I guess if I can ask one more question kind of about, you know, just being in the NHL and experiencing that was there. I know you said you followed different players around when you were younger. Was there, who was your favorite player um, growing up? And, and did you ever get to, you know, play on the same ice as them? And, and how was that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, pretty much my favorite player was Sidney Crosby. Like that was probably my top favorite player. And uh, I remember clearly like our, my first time in Pittsburgh uh, going up against him. Uh, almost kind of every time I was on the bench, uh, and he was on the ice. So I just kind of ISO cam him, seeing what he's doing. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's really cool to play against the guys that you grow up watching. And uh, even we got to play against them in the playoffs too. And just seeing like where, where you are with those guys uh, is, is awesome. Uh, played Actually played a lot against him because we were getting fine matched against. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's from Crosby, uh, Bergeron, like point in the playoffs, uh, like even Marner and Matthews. Uh, I know Mitch a bit, uh, played against him when he was with the Knights. So just all those guys, uh, are really cool to play against. Yeah. I love hearing like stories like that. Cause I think that's just the coolest thing. Like to be actually able to compete with guys <laughs> you grew up idolizing. I think it's awesome. So that's yeah, awesome it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, one final question that, that I did have, um, and obviously I won't ask specifics, um, but you're going into your uh, final year of your ELC, right? Is that yep. my understanding? Yeah. yeah um, sure. Obviously, Montreal's priority or sh- pr- sh- their priority should be um, uh, focusing on on kind of what um, they're they're going to be doing next contract. Have you um, connected with the team? Has there been any preliminary discussions regarding regarding that at all not really i mean like i feel like i know where i i stand i had a good exit meeting with the coach and uh the gm so um i think it's just honestly going to be up to me and how i perform this year um i want to play good anyways it doesn't matter uh like my my agent was telling me that you're going to have to play well anyways to you want to keep your spot um, play as well as you can and perform for the team and help the team win in any way. So uh, that's going to be my uh, main goal for every single season that I'm going to go into. And um, yeah, we'll see how it ends up. It's an exciting time and eh? getting to getting like past that. You're like, wow, I'm, I'm really, I'm really here now. Right. So that's cool. That's a great thing yeah. to move on from that. Um, well, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on Nick and we know it's a, it's, it's not a, deal but thank you so much again we really appreciate you having you on and all your uh all your uh all everything you had to say it's it's great to hear so just that first-hand experience it's it's awesome what you've been through so 
uh, take it easy. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it was a good chat, and um, hopefully I can catch on uh, some of your podcasts in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Looking forward to it. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, guys.